Hello, Convention of State podcast listeners. Normally, we reserve this channel for audio versions of our live broadcast, COS Live and the Battle Cry with Mark Meckler. But as a bonus, we like to occasionally release some historic legacy audio for your enjoyment. In this 2022 hearing, Convention of State's West Virginia volunteers make their voices heard before a legislative committee. West Virginia went on to become the 18th state to officially join the movement. Individual here that is signed up to speak will have the opportunity to do so for three minutes. Uh, when you approach the podium uh, right here in front of us, you uh, may start your remarks. Upon commencement of your remarks, the clerk will start a uh, timer. Uh, once that timer reaches the three minute mark, you will see the red light up there. It's like a game show, so your realities get to come true this morning. And the red light means that uh, if you would please wrap up your remarks. Uh, and allow the next person to begin, uh, we would appreciate it. If we, uh, the chair will be lenient this morning, but if we get a little too afield, um, I might uh, have a tickle in my throat and cough or something, and that'll be your cue to really wrap it up. Um, for those of you that have not been here before, the, the rules of the House of Delegates of order and decorum are in effect. We would ask that you hold your applause or any show of emotion following uh, or prior to any remarks um, while we're here in the chamber. And also, we would ask that no speaker address any member of this body individually, as that is against the rules uh, of the House of Delegates. Uh, if you wish to submit your comments in, writings, in writing, that's uh, completely acceptable. We would ask you to do so and give it to our clerk, Mr. White. He would be happy to take those for the record and make copies and ensure that every member of the committee has a copy of that before we take up consideration of this HCR. Now, with all of that housekeeping out of the way, uh, we are now prepared to begin, and I will uh, do my best to pronounce names correctly as someone whose name is often mispronounced. I'll do my best, but I do empathize if I mess it up. Um, and then if there are any questions, uh, a lot of the members of the committee are here uh, this morning to hear your discussion, so if you'd like to approach them and ask them questions. I will be available along with the Vice Chair, uh, Chairman, uh, Vice Chairman Fast will be available as well. So with no longer, uh, no more ado, Leslie Robinson is our first, I'll, I'll announce the first speaker uh, and then I'll give you the person that's on deck so that individual can be ready to follow. Mr. Robinson is first followed by Gregory Costello. Mr. Robinson. Mr. Robinson, hold on one second. We want to make sure that everybody can hear you. Let's get that microphone squared away. We are not docking your time. I didn't want the lights to be on. Yeah. Hello, hello, yes. All right, Mr. Robinson, proceed. Yes, sir. Hello, my name is Leslie Robinson. I'm retired, disabled, Sergeant First Class, U.S. Army, Army Reserve, and National Guard. I proudly served for 37 years with deployments to El Salvador, Romania, Germany, Kuwait, and Iraq, plus other deployments. 
I joined the age of 17 during the Vietnam War and retired at the ripe young age of 59. My point is, two-thirds of my 64-year life has been in some way associated with our great military because I have always been amazed, admired, respectful, and grateful to our ancestors who sacrificed so much and so many gave all so we could grow up and live in the freedom and power, or peace, excuse me, at the, in these United States of America. This is the greatest experiment in history of hu human history, where we the people are supposed to govern. It is for the love of our ancestors, our children, and our precious grandchildren that I have served and am standing here today. I represent the views of many wonderful people of this nation who the power if people in Washington seem to have forgotten. To name a few of those people, my 97-year-old mother, widow of my dad, World War II veteran, my brother, retired CIA, my sister-in-law, former FBI, my wife, a retired educator, and my son, also a disabled veteran. This is only a few of the people out of many whom share my view, that our government is out of touch and out of control. To quote my mother, who grew up during World War II and the Depression, she said, it's so clear what they want, total control and absolute power. I was always taught to lead by example. So if I should follow the example of our leadership, I would tell everybody in here, give me your money, and I want to spend it however I want. I want to run up a debt as large as I want. I want to live in this building as long as I want. And I want all of you to do exactly what I want. Well, I'm glad I'm not a politician because I don't believe anyone has that right. We're all free people, and we need to hold our government in check or we will not be free. I believe we need term limits. We shouldn't have uh, career politicians. They are there to, supposed to be there to serve, not to make it a career. I believe they should, by law, get the budget balanced. I know of no one who is allowed to be as irresponsible as they. If we ran our homes the way they run theirs, we would be homeless. I believe they should be evicted from we the people's house. I believe the government needs to be reined in on how much they can tell us what to do and where we can go. I've seen socialist, socialism in governments with absolute power. It's ugly, it does not work for we the people, and it can't be allowed. Here's the sad truth. I'm sure that I will receive hatred and anger from them far left because they, didn't, they don't want to debate. They just want to hate. They want us angry and divided. As the saying goes, divided we fall. I say this is the United States of America, not the federal government of America. I say don't hate, let's debate. And I say don't, divide, don't fight, let's unite. Thank you. Have a good day. Thank you, Mr. Robinson, and thank you for your service to our country. Gregory Costello, followed by uh, Norman Lowney. Got it. I believe the U.S. Constitution was the second greatest document ever written, the Bible being the first. The Bible directs us to be good citizens and disciples of the Lord. The Constitution directs our government to leave us alone to be good citizens and disciples of the Lord. They're both being perverted. It's time to hit the reset button, and he's been hit the reset button quickly. Good morning, Mr. Chairman. I'm Colonel Retired Gregory Costello, 
and I took an oath. I defended our country and our Constitution for 28 years. I served in the Pentagon and in combat with, for, and in some cases commanded the very people that are running DOD today. I'm appalled at what's going on in Washington, D.C. We have elected officials serving longer than some of us have been alive. They've exempted themselves from the very laws they impose on us. They try to silence the opposition and include try to silence the state legislators. Our founding fathers didn't want career politicians with ambitions of selfish power. We need term limits. With $30 trillion in debt, $141 trillion of unfunded liabilities. Could this body overspend itself two and a half times every year? And they continue to overspend. Our children will never pay this back. We need a balanced budget amendment. And lastly, as our founding fathers correctly predicted, we are experiencing a Leviathan-like federal overreach. There's become a significant imbalance in the very delicate balance of power between federal and state. The proper place for debate and solution of the problems vexing our society today is here, in this beautiful chamber. This is where voices like mine can be heard by my neighbors and fully considered, not the faceless bureaucrats in Washington. West Virginians know what's best for West Virginia. These halls, this is where the founders wanted the power to rely, in this chamber. And that's what our resolution aims to set right. So I call on the committee to immediately report out to the House floor, let the House vote so we can declare ourselves with the other 17 states in full support of the, uh, con the Convention of States and our freedom from t Washington, D.C. tyranny. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Costello, and thank you for your service to our country. Uh, Norman Lawney, followed by Fred Hazelton. Uh, good morning. Thank you for the time to uh, allow us to put public inputs into this important piece of legislation. I'm here on behalf of my grandkids and great-grandkids. God only knows what this country is going to be like when they grow up. I'm scared to death. Almost every day we're seeing our federal government allowing our country to continue down the path of ruin and taking steps to completely dominate every minute of our lives and everything we do. They have us over $30 trillion in debt and want to add trillions more this very year. When are they going to decide to do something about this? When we're $50 trillion in the hole, $100 trillion, when's enough? There's not a business or a household in this country today that can operate in the, the way the federal government does and not eventually end up in ruin and financial uh, bankruptcy. They've seized powers that were never intended to have and constantly try to seize more. Right now, they're trying to take over the voting process that is strictly the purview of the states. Members of Congress from both parties completely ignore their oath to uphold our Constitution and instead only work to get reelected time and time again and to satisfy their egos, whilst allowing thousands of illegal immigrants to pour across our borders daily, 
allow us to suffer with the highest rate of inflation of 40 years, etc., etc., etc. Our country's founders knew this was going to happen and put a way to stop it by providing Article 5 of our Constitution the means to allow the citizens to call for convention of states to put an end to this malicious behavior. And it is up to you to see that this protection is used. And the only people opposing our efforts to hold a convention of states calling for amendments to our Constitution for fiscal restraints, term limits, reducing federal overreach, are the ones that support what is happening and want it to continue. They can try to twist the facts, spread all the propaganda they want, but unless they can tell you how they are, what their plans are on reversing this and fixing our current situation, they're simply part of the problem. On behalf of myself and every other citizen of this country, I ask every West Virginia legislature to support a vote for HCR 31. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Lonnie. Fred Hazelton, followed by Stephanie Grando. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Um, when it comes to writing speeches, I make a good electrician. <laughs> there is a time and a place and a purpose for each of us. No one knows God's plan for us, where we will be, when, or why. It is our lot in life to walk to unfamiliar places to meet new people and to face new challenges. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been sent to this great meeting place to express the concerns of those who sent you. Now is your time. A time to show wisdom, a time to show leadership. This great country has lost the vision of our forefathers. Our leaders in Washington have become short-sighted, content only to chase after the money and power. They say words that only placate the listener, words that have no meaning, words that only tickle the ears of the media. The federal government is out of control. They want to rule everybody, every way, every day. They want to decide who lives and who dies. There are certain people in D.C. that want to eliminate the Constitution, and not by destroying it, just ignoring it. They say it is wrong, irrelevant, outdated, they say it doesn't apply to them. The power of Washington, D.C. is power granted to them by the states, by the people. They have abused this power. It is time to bring the power back to the people, back to the states. You, ladies and gentlemen, are the ones chosen to bring the power back to the people. You, ladies and gentlemen, are the leaders that can do it. Remember, all that evil needs to succeed is for good people to do nothing. This is the place. This is the time. You are the leaders that can stop the evil in Washington, D.C. and restore the vision of our forefathers. Thank you very much, and may God bless the United States of America. Thank you, Mr. Hazelton. Stephanie Grando, followed by Dan Starkey. Thank you. I'm Stephanie from Terra Alta, West Virginia, and today I'm providing consequences of choosing to move tyranny forward or to fight for liberty. 
In the book of Esther, Haman, who was a bureaucrat, made the choice to plot destruction, tyranny, and oppression to preserve his life. He met the demise of his evil plans and lost his life in the process. Esther, a patriot, made the choice to risk her life to preserve freedom. In the end, she preserved her life and the lives of her people. Another example I have is from the movie Catching Fire, for those of you who have never opened a Bible. The peacekeepers come into occupied District 12, which is equivalent to Appalachia. The governor of District 12 proudly welcomes the commander of the peacekeepers, and fellow peacekeepers can be seen putting a bag over the governor's head and is never seen again in the movie. In this example, the governor made the choice to oppress his district to enjoy his short-lived power and lost his life in the process. In history and in Hollywood, being a pawn for tyranny never ends well. So my appeal is to the opposition and for representatives who choose to remain silent on the Convention of States. If you value your life, your power, and your position so much, it is in your best interest to fall in behind us and to support the COS project, and also to retain a representative government. I'm going to close with a uh, quote from C.S. Lewis about tyranny. And he says, of all the tyrannies, a tyranny exercised for the good of its victims may be the most oppressive. It may be better to live under robber barons than under omnipotent moral busybodies. The robber baron's cruelty may sometimes sleep. His cupidity may at some point be satiated. But those who torment us for their own goodwill torment us without end for they do so with the approval of their own conscience. So today, you have a choice. You have a choice between life or death. You have the choice between preserving liberty and retain your relevance, or promote oppression and become irrelevant. So today, I ask you to choose wisely. Thank you, Ms. Grando. Dan Starkey, followed by David Crawford. Mr. Chairman, uh, members of the committee, delegates, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for the opportunity to speak here this morning. I'm here to speak in support of HCR 31, the Convention of States Resolution. I'm Dan Starkey. I'm a retired Master Sergeant of the U.S. Air Force, which I served proudly for 28 years. I currently live in western Greenbrier County, where I hope to stay until they find me someday drooling on my shirt collar and carry me off to the old soldier's home. Until that time, I will carry on this fight for the future of my country. I swore an oath like yours, Mr. Chairman, when I enlisted to serve my country. Part of that oath bound me to preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States. It is not, as some people call it today, a quaint anachronism from a bygone era. It is the most precious statement ever made by human beings concerning the liberty of their fellow people. They all take that oath in Washington, D.C. I wonder how many of them consider their oath of office as anything more than a perfunctory checking of a box. We could speak a lot about the looting that goes on daily in Congress, but what good does that do? None 
They make all the rules, sort of. Congress has effectively abdicated its lawmaking authority to the executive and judicial branches. They write very little of the legislation they pass, and they often don't even read it. Presidents enact legislation by executive fiat. The two major parties fight constantly over who will get to appoint the next Supreme Court justice to do their bidding. Bureaucracies issue mountains of regulations that Congress allows to have the effect of law. It would not surprise me to learn that each of us has already run afoul of some regulation this morning and we don't even know it. The administrative state is so powerful that it can with impunity trample on the rights of any citizens it chooses, not for any suspected crime, but simply for displaying a an insufficiently subservient attitude. Americans are being held in federal custody today without trial. Some have sat in jail for a year without even being charged. But the Congress, not their problem. They're riding the federal gravy train, serving their beloved benefactors with special interest spending, and don't get between any of them and a television camera. You may not survive the encounter. The national debt as you've heard, it's now top $30 trillion. The debt service alone will cost each and every family in this country $2,600 this year. The unfunded liability is creeping now towards 200 million, 200 trillion, excuse me. And there's no plan to address it. No one in Washington seems to care. Do you? Almost finished. The states need to come together to amend the Constitution in ways that will limit the power and jurisdiction of the federal government, establish a balanced budget at the national level, limit the congressional power to tax, and enforce fiscal restraint on the central government. And so, I and thousands of other mountaineers ask you today to be courageous, plant your flag, make a stand for liberty, and pass this resolution. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Starkey, and thank you for your service to our country. David Crawford followed by Al Darman. Hello, I'm, uh, I really appreciate this opportunity to speak today. Uh, I'm from Alderson, West Virginia. I'm a member of Convention of States Action. I always emphasize action because there are other groups that call themselves Convention of States and they tend to spread misinformation about our group and, and about what Convention of States really is. Uh, I brought with me my little blue book here. This is a Convention of States pocket guide, but it really contains everything we need to know about the Convention of States. And um, I never hear anyone speak about these amendments. What would we do? What would we propose at this uh, Convention of States? Well, there's, there's 11 suggestions right here in this little book. And so, uh, some of my favorite, the, the top six are require members of Congress to live under the same laws that they pass for the rest of us. I don't even think, I can't believe we have to ask, to, you know, tell them that. They need to live under this. Uh, the second one, impose term limits on members of Congress because nobody needs to serve for 50 or 60 years. Familiarity breeds contempt, we all know that. Uh, the, the third one, and we're only in on number three, require a balanced federal budget. Well. Everyone should have to balance their budget. Uh, the state does, if I'm not mistaken. I know I do. I get in big trouble if I, if I run out of balance. Um, impose limits on federal spending and or taxation. 
So without imposing limits, if we just put term limits on congressmen and Congress, uh, uh, the representatives, well, they just go there and the lobbyists will eat them alive if we don't have spending limits. We need to bring the financial will and, and power back to the people, back to the state. That's where we need to, and that's where that, that amendment would come in. Uh, and the last one, I think this is number six, is get the federal government out of our health care system. We don't, need, we don't need the federal government telling us we have to take a, man, a, a vaccine. We don't need a mandate. If the vaccine's working, we'd all be getting in line to take it. We wouldn't have to be mandated. Uh, I urge everyone here, everyone in the state of West Virginia support HCR1 and let's get this thing done. Let's have, an, let's have a, a, a convention where we can put the power, bring the power back to the people. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Crawford. Uh, Al Darman, followed by Becky Bias. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. And peace be with you all. I rise today in support of HCR 31. My name is Al Darman. I'm a former corporal of the USMC, proud one, and now a farmer from Spencer, West Virginia. What does this, what does this picture have to do with House Resolution 31? I realize you cannot see this very well. But this is a picture these empty, of empty milk shelves in my hometown of Spencer. This picture represents the result of policies instituted by an entrenched, distant Washington, D.C. political class. And the fruits of these are visible here. But for our founding fathers, particularly one Colonel George Mason, who had the foresight to realize any form of a government created and instituted by man would eventually become a self-perpetuating mechanism. They provided a mechanism for the peaceful, non-voluntary, peaceful transfer of political leadership. A mechanism that ingeniously elevates you, <laughs> most of which are not here, but you, us, you, the House of Delegates, to the level of the U.S. Senate and the ability to propose amendments to our Constitution. The late Justice Scalia dismissed regard of a so-called runaway convention. He pointed out that fully three-quarters of the states would have to approve any proposal 
that came out of such assembly. A super, super majority. We need to slay this three-headed dragon called the U.S. federal government. Enforce term limits, drain the swamp, balance the federal budget, restore balance to the state versus federal rights. Thank you. God bless Colonel Mason. God bless Ashley Babbitt. And God bless the United States of America. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Darman, and thank you for your service. Uh, Becky Bias, followed by Scott Ashley. Good morning. Mr. Speaker, ladies and gentlemen of the House, my name is Rebecca Bias. I am from Cabell County. Heck, I was even born in Cabell County. I graduated from Barbersville High School and from Marshall University, where I earned my master's degree. I taught art for 31 years, and I am now retired. My ancestors were in the United States when it was still a colony of Great Britain. I am a proud daughter of the American Revolution, and many of my ancestors fought and died to establish this great country. I'm proud to be a West Virginian, where mountaineers are always free. I feel that freedom is our most important God-given right. Anyone who watches the news or reads the paper have to be shaking their head and thinking, what is our government doing? What is the goal of what they're doing? I am afraid of the assault on our Constitution, our Bill of Rights, our freedom of religion, free speech, the right to bear arms, packing the Supreme Court just so you can control things, CRT in our schools, open borders, and limiting states' rights. I'm watching a government and a country that I love falling down. There is no unity, no honesty, no integrity, no love for the ideals upon which this country was founded. Young people are beginning to embrace socialism because that's what they're being taught in our schools and they are ignorant of the realities of socialism. They are being taught to be ashamed of who they are and what a great country they live in. Every day I read the news from Washington. This week the House introduced and passed an immigration bill that allows illegal immigrants a pathway to citizenship, a quick pathway, without having to learn the laws, learn about our Constitution, to do the things that citizens used to do to become, or that people used to do to become citizens of the United States. Next, they are going after the electric College. I read this this week too. The people who are in charge have an agenda and they are doing everything they can to dismantle the system of checks and balances that are in the Constitution. Before long we will not have a way to stop this extreme federal government takeover. How long will we sit on our hands and twiddle our thumbs? We need to act now to have a convention of states because this is the last legal way 
that we can control our government. We can pray, which I do, with intercessors for our country to change our leaders' minds and hearts. Um, we could uh, rally, which we are doing here. We could uh, have a big rally and get arrested and stay in prison for a year. These things that used to be available to us are being taken away from us more and more every year. So I encourage you, please, act now. Vote to join the Convention of States before we become another Venezuela. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Bias. Scott Ashley, followed by Barry Holstein. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Members, it's a great honor to be here this morning in the People's House. My name is Scott Ashley. I'm a proud West Virginian. I come before you today to urge this body to call for a convention of states. Our federal government's out of control with a $30 trillion national deficit, as you've heard multiple times this morning. The taxation on the American people is crippling us. The federal government's mass surveillance of innocent Americans under the umbrella term of national security, allowing them to erode all of our constitutional rights. Infringing on American Second Amendment rights by bureaucratic agencies in D.C. The IRS targeting Americans based on their political affiliations. The United States Treasury Department requesting access to Americans' bank accounts. Federalizing our school systems Department of Justice targeting parents at school board meetings and defining some as domestic terrorists for asking questions. The time has come to require members of Congress term limits. The time has come to require Congress to live by the same laws that they pass. The time has come for the federal government to balance the budget, just as every American has to. As James Madison states in Federalist Papers 45, quote, the powers delegated by the proposed Constitution to the federal government are few and defined. Those which remain in state governments are numerous and indefinite, end quote. So again, it is time to require the federal government to relinquish its powers, not specifically outlined in the Constitution, the Bill of Rights Amendment 10, which, uh, Amendment 10, which states, what is not outlined in the Constitution is to be left to the states and to the people. We are proud West Virginians and Americans who want to pursue life and liberty without a tyrannical government involving itself in every aspect of our lives. So again, I urge every member to call for this convention, to rein in this Orwellian, authoritative government, and allow me to leave you with this. If my people, who are called by my name, humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. Second Chronicles 714. Thank you all and God bless America. Thank you, Mr. Ashley. Barry Holstein followed by Teresa Dennison. Thank you, Mr. Chair, and uh, good morning, delegates. My name is Barry Holstein, and I stand in support of HCR 31, 
calling for a convention of states. Only 118 of 365 Gallup polls conducted since 1975 indicate that Congress has an approval rating greater than 35%. And only 22 of those 365 polls indicated an approval rating greater than 50%. They clearly do not represent us. Yet they retain their position for years and decades, and it's always by blaming someone else. It's never their fault. Did you know that 26 U.S. Senators are 70 years old and older, and, and 31 have been in the U.S. Senate for at least 15 years? Did you know that 76 U.S. House members are uh, at least 70 years old, and 66 have been in the U.S. House for greater than 15 years? Do you think they're going to limit themselves? Do you think they're going to call themselves into term limits? I don't think so. They're using their power for personal financial gain while subjecting us to tremendous debt. The national debt is now over $30 trillion. I know you've heard that many times already this morning, but one more time, $30 trillion. For reference, that's over $90,000 for each and every citizen have a family of four, and your part is $360,000. Where do you, you want to get that money? And that's just to cover the current debt, not future spending, not future debt. Separately, according to the National Debt Clock, each and every citizen owes nearly $500,000. Each and every citizen owes nearly $500,000 to cover Social Security debt, Medicare debt, and other unfunded liabilities. Where will this money come from? Some say tax the rich. We hear that all the time. But, but quite frankly, if you took the entire net worth of the top 200 wealthiest billionaires in the United States, you wouldn't even cover 10% of the current debt, let alone the unfunded liabilities and future debt. Congress simply doesn't care to restrain their spending. Did you know that last year about 100 members of Congress bought and sold nearly $290 million in stocks and beat the market? I wonder why. Since 2019, Nancy Pelosi beat a bullish S&P 500 by about 30%, and in fact, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi recently defended congressional stock trading, stating that it was the right of lawmakers to cash in on corporations that they oversee. Because, according to her, it's a free market. If you or I did that, we'd be in jail for insider trading. But as we are realizing during this pandemic, more clearly, rules are for peasants. Ladies and gentlemen, with ESG scoring and digital currency, a storm is brewing. We must return to the rule of law. We must return to our constitutional republic. We must return to our beginnings. We must exert our rights as a free state. The founders gave us a mechanism to address a runaway government, and now is the time to exercise that right as a convention of state. I urge passage of HCR 31. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Holstein. Teresa Dennison followed by Lori Stark. Hi, I appreciate y'all being here early for your session and I feel like I might be preaching to the choir and the people that need to hear this might not be here right now. Um, this isn't what I enjoy doing. 
I almost feel obligated at this point to be involved. And um, I'm from Raleigh County. My name's Teresa. Um, you know, most of us don't even know this is going on today, and you have to really be paying attention to know that there's a meeting here. You have to be willing to pay to come up from Raleigh County, 851 way toll and back. Um, I'm a single widowed mom. I used to teach in the schools. I raised my kids as a homeschooler because I, after teaching, I realized I needed to pull them so that I could focus on what was important, which is this. We've all lost track and sight of this. Um, I teach Sunday school. I think of Joshua and how they marched around and they blew their horn. So I'm here to blow my horn because that's all I know to do. I think of Gideon who with 300, what they were able to do. And sorry that I'm getting emotional, but I'm going to pass out. Um, you guys, this is, you're the line. You guys are the line. You know, I've sacrificed a lot to get my kids raised and alone. And, you know, people have done it with a lot less than me. And so it's all falling apart around us. Um, I, th You know, I was drawn to, led to, to read you guys Ezekiel 3, verse 17. Son of man, I have made thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, hear the word at my mouth and give them warning from me. I feel like I'm here to warn y'all that this is it, and we're counting on y'all. I wanted to read all of Isaiah, but I can't in three minutes. Um, I'll go to Isaiah 54:14. In righteousness shalt thou be established, thou shalt be far from oppression, for thou shalt not fear, and from terror, for it shall not come near thee. You guys are our protection right now, and I don't, I, I, I just am very thankful that you're here and that you're willing to stand up for us, but we really need y'all to stand up for us. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Tennyson. Lori Stark, followed by Dustin Franz. Good morning. My name is Lori Stark, and I'm the legal director of the American Civil Liberties Union of West Virginia. I am here today on behalf of Eli Baumwell, who is the advocacy director for the ACLU of West Virginia. He is unfortunately able to be here today. I will be presenting his comments. I am here to speak in opposition of House Concurrent Resolution 31. The ACLU is one of the oldest, largest, and most experienced organizations dedicated to defending the Constitution and the rights contained therein. I know I take great pride in saying that no other non-governmental entity has been in front of the United States Supreme Court as much as the ACLU. Suffice to say, we have a pretty good idea of what we're talking about. We also recognize that Article 5 of the U.S. Constitution does indeed leave the door open to amendments by conventions of the states. However, after more than two and a quarter centuries of declining to use that option, we believe it exceedingly imprudent to open this Pandora's box at this juncture. I hope that all of you in attendance today have heard the parade of horribles that could result from this. But in case you haven't, let me briefly spell out some of the concerns. This method of amending the Constitution has no rules. There is no legal precedent. 
Proponents will point to the state constitutional conventions. And indeed, we can hope that Article 5 we can hope that an Article 5 convention might follow those precedents, but there is no legal obligation to do so. As I and other people have pointed out before, the closest direct analogous situation resulted in scrapping the Articles of Confederation for the Constitution we have now. Every step of the process would wind up in years of expensive and bitter litigation. Just think, there would be disputes about the time, place, and manner of a convention, about the delegations and voting, about the constraints, about ratification. Beyond that, it would not be hard to imagine significant changes to the Constitution that could dramatically alter the legal framework for this country hanging out in the ether while states feud bitterly over ratification. I know that some of you will also point to the language of the resolution asking for a one state, one vote model and say that the Bill of Rights cannot be amended, that states can recall their delegates and that ratification will take place through the legislatures. These are all friendly suggestions, but I can tell you, friendly suggestions are not always adopted. I could continue with the flaws in the plans. I could tell you a dozen better ways to address the grievances with the federal government, starting with ending gerrymandering by adopting a nonpartisan redistricting process. But our time this morning is limited. So instead, I want to address one final claim that I hear, that a convention will never actually be held. As the calls get close, it will spur the government into action. That's a dangerous game of chicken, my friends. You're surrounding your house with dynamite, hoping to scare the neighbors into being more polite. And I shouldn't have to tell you, that's a bad idea. Thank you. Thank you, Mrs. Stark. Uh, Dustin Franz, followed by Tracy Friend. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Dustin France, United States Marine Corps Corporal, medically discharged under honorable circumstances. Ladies and gentlemen, the perpetuity of this great union is in jeopardy, owing to the many and sundry various usurpations impinging from the head of our, uh, of our government. It is not without grave consideration that we take under discovery the medicine that is of equal and relevant force to the sickness. By our common bond, evidencing so great a cause, we are adjured to rein in the head of our republic. Tasked with so consequential and permanent a mission, many fear a runaway convention stemming from an incomplete understanding of the nature of the convention that gave us our current instrument. The, they erroneously state the convention overran its authority and was therefore illegal. Such inaccuracies as unbecoming this high body, let me set straight the record of the Philadelphia Convention. It was neither called, called by nor within the juriscope of the Confederated Congress. The Annapolis Convention, woefully underauthorized, called the Philadelphia Convention to meet the exigencies of the Union, and they recommended expanded powers. There, nine states gave their delegates broad authority to handle the deficiencies of the Republic. Twelve states in all attended, rendering nine or a three-quarters quorum with sufficient authorization. Our founding fathers left us a grand tradition of respect for authority. Such traditions will surely flow down to us in this convention, should we find the courage to meet the exigencies of our time. That, ladies and gentlemen, was the 92nd remarks that I had prepared, should I only have 90 seconds. As we have three minutes, I will expand my remarks slightly. It was, the, it was the fall of 1786. James Madison and the state of Virginia, knowing that the Union was in peril, called a convention up in Annapolis. 
They met together and after three days, they, they looked at the authority they had from their states. They looked at the challenges that they had to overcome. And ultimately they said, we do not have enough authority to fix the deficiencies of the union. They said they, the first thing that they did in their resolution was proceed to a communication of powers. Such uh, uh, accusations of runaway and lack of authority simply is unbecoming Americans and unbecoming delegates and unbecoming this high body. I have here, represented as exhibits A through exhibits N, the Annapolis resolution that was passed by that body unanimously, and then it called the Philadelphia Convention. The other exhibits I have are all the delegation acts and letters by states authorizing their delegates to have a constitutional convention. Our great power is in limiting through our application process. Remembered, ladies and gentlemen, Congress has no limiting factor on its, on its proposed amendments. You states do. Without objection, Mr. Chairman, I would like to submit my, my remarks and exhibits A through N for the record. Please do. Thank you, Mr. <clears throat> Franz, and thank you for your service to our country. Tracy Friend, followed by Marshall Wilson. Good morning. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you, committee. I'm Tracy Friend from House District 53. Up until two years ago, uh, I, like many others I have met, uh, was left uh, hopeless and discouraged uh, at home praying and wringing my hands. Two years ago, I ran across the Convention of States and I researched it. And I found within that a constitutional, scriptural, by the book manner that we can get involved and save our country. It gave me something to do. My circumstances over the last two years have been such that I have been able to devote myself to this work. Um, I have been able to meet patriot after patriot, and I have been able to connect one to the other. I've been able to encourage that there is something that we can do. Thank you for being involved. I can thank them for being involved and encourage them that you are not alone, that there are more like you across this country, that there is power in the grassroots that there is power, where you all know it, where you stand together, there is power. I've been advantaged that I have been able to look into some of our legislators. I have been so blessed. I have been moved by the character, by the strength of character of our legislators here in West Virginia. It's not like this in every state. We have strong character. We have selflessness. Uh, servant's hearts here. It is. It has moved me. I have been inspired. I have been blessed, and I thank God for it. I know that we have here uh, the ability to pass our call for the convention. I know that it has. You know, since it has not passed, uh, uh, as we remember when they put Jesus in the tomb, the enemy thought they had won. Well, they've not. And the same works here. We have not passed the resolution here, and we have not stopped working. The grassroots army continues to grow and it gets stronger and it works together. We learn to work together across the states to do what needs to be done. Uh, we will not stop working here. My job uh, with the Convention of States has recently changed and I'm more involved. It is my job to see to it that our grassroots across this state know what is going on here, who they need to call, who they need to contact, what, you know, how they can get involved with their friends and neighbors, um, that they will know how this resolution, where it stands today, where it may stand tomorrow, and do we have do we have any idea when our resolution may be on the agenda? 
at this point we have to conclude this first and that's the next step okay all right well it's my job to let our grassroots know where it's at and uh, how it's moving um, and I plan to be committed to that work this work is to save my country that is my heart for my family uh, and for everybody else's across the state it's been a blessing to do this work and I thank God for it thank you thank you mr. friend to welcome back to the chamber uh, former member Delegate Marshall Wilson to take us home. Thank you, Delegate. Mr. Chairman. It's a real honor to be here. Members of the committee, Mr. Vice Chair, it's good to see you here, sir. My name is Marshall Wilson. I'm a dad. I'm a husband. I'm a combat veteran. I'm a retired U.S. Army infantry officer. I was a former, I'm a former missionary. I served in the Amazon jungle of Peru. I have a master's degree in national security, and I'm working on a Ph.D. in national security policy. I've studied the Constitution inside and out, its founding, the philosophies behind it, and I'm here to speak in support of the Convention of States, specifically the proposal of the Convention of States according to Citizens for Self-Governance. Um, according to the statement read for him by his colleague, Mr. Eli, Eli Baumwell of the ACLU claims that the ACLU knows what they're talking about. Indeed. When I, as a sitting delegate, contacted him for the ACLU's position concerning the usurpations and tyrannies imposed upon the free people of West Virginia, based upon a claim that the government owns you and must control your behavior to, behavior to protect you from an illness, he responded that the American Civil Liberties Union maintains a policy in favor of such actions. They know indeed what they're talking about. Also, note that the Articles of Confederation were scrapped in favor of the Constitution specifically because the Articles of Confederation contained no method for their amendment. The Constitution, on the other hand, explicitly outlines that method, the same method we are discussing today and in which this resolution proposes that we engage. The following is the principle upon which the United States of America was founded. It is the very definition of the word American. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these rights are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. You ready for this? To secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. That whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right, and I'd say it's the duty, of the people to alter or to abolish it. How do we alter it? That's what we're discussing today. We, the people, have a right to alter our government in the offices of our duly elected, uh, elect, our duly elected employees, our representatives, here in the, the House of uh, Delegates in the Red, West Virginia Legislature. The Congress, whenever, this is from the uh, Article 5. I'm actually going to read Article 5 to you. The Congress, whenever two-thirds of both houses shall deem it necessary, shall propose amendments to this Constitution or on the application of the legislatures of two-thirds of the several states shall call a convention for proposing amendments, for proposing amendments, which in either case shall be valid to all intents and purposes as part of this Constitution when ratified by the legislatures of three-fourths of the several states. It doesn't matter whether Congress or the state legislatures propose an amendment. It does not go into effect until it is ratified by three-quarters of the state legislatures. All of this garbage you're hearing about how we're all going to meet and just change the Constitution is asinine and it's false. The refusal of this body to exercise its authority to propose amendments indicates to the people its willingness to allow the federal government to continue the usurpation of this body's authority. We the people have no use for this body if it does so. 
We will absolutely employ the votes of our elected employees as discriminators when we decide whom we will hire to represent us in the future. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Thank you, Delegate. And we appreciate your service, not only to this body, but to our country. Thank you very much. Are there other individuals that would like the opportunity to speak this morning? We have exhausted our list of those that have signed up, but if anybody is here and would like to speak, we would um, give you an, like to give you an opportunity to do so. If not, if there are questions that uh, you would like to ask, there are members of the uh, committee here, uh, along with other members from the House. I'm sure they would be happy to, uh, to meet you and address your concerns. And if there are no questions or other business to come before us this morning, um, I declare this meeting uh, concluded. And uh, we will look forward to hearing from you uh, when we take up consideration of HCR 31. Thank you. Check out more content at conventionofstates.com slash pod. Thank you for listening.